0: The Contenders is a proud member of the Cage Club Podcast Network.
1: For other great shows about movies and pop culture, go visit cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me.
0: Hey, everybody. Quick note before this episode begins. My audio sounds pretty terrible. And I would like to blame it on the fact that this movie is a piece of trash. Um, but I'm afraid I can't. I messed up with some of my settings. So please bear with us for this episode. If this is the first episode you're listening to, listen to another episode for a lot of reasons. I mean, this one is good, I think. We have fun. Um, <laughs> we talk around the movie a lot. Uh, but both for the, for the, the movie and the uh, quality of my audio, give another one a shot. Um, OK, on with the show. It's getting you out of here. You're looking rather buoyant this evening. Shut up. What exactly are you looking for, Willis?
1: This is a murder investigation. I do believe I'm falling in love.
0: Get line. Welcome to the Contenders, the show about the movies made by and starring women who refuse to play by the rules. I am
1: Tobin Addington. And I'm Isla Addington. And today, we are going to talk about the 1996 film, Barbed Wire.
0: Yes, we are.
1: I, As why, why, are we
0: watching? Why, why are we talking about this? I'm
1: so sorry. <laughs> I do apologize. Um, we are talking about this because it's, it, the lead character is arguably a badass lady, mm-hmm. so that fit. Uh, the premise for me, and then uh, it was uh, co-written by a badass lady. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so yep. I thought, well, shoot, maybe maybe they're doing something real special here that's been overlooked, and, and we should investigate. Um, I had not seen this movie when I suggested it. And <laughs> truth be told, I think I was getting confused because I, I remember – Pamela Anderson's TV show, uh huh, VIP, <laughs> that was, you know, heightened reality, like late night cop show thing.
0: Yes, yes, sure, sure.
1: And I think I sort of superimposed this on that and thought, yeah, that was, that was like a legitimate thing. We should watch it. Um, so that's why we find ourselves where we do.
0: I think it's a great pick, actually, because in the sort of, you know, like, miasma of the mid-90s, like, people knew of this movie and knew of the trailer and, you know, um, I had never seen it, but I, you know, it is, it is, it it does, I think, I think it thinks that it is a badass lady, you know, owning herself and her world. Right. Movie. And... I so I think that in that in that way, like based on its based on the movie's sort of what it thinks it's doing, I think it's a great fit for us.
1: <laughs> sure. I mean it's kind of like the ways that uh, for example, the Bechtel test can be helpful. Right. And yet if if that is the only rubric we're using, right, right. things are left out or things are approved in quotes that you know, are, you know, potentially such as this movie um, right. <laughs> that don't necessarily, you know, move the needle in terms of, of the equity or inclusion piece. So yeah, I would, I guess I, I agree. It still is worth talking about in that based on what I understand our charge to be, it fits in that bucket. Right. Right. So <laughs> let's, Yeah. I, I would really it. love
0: to hear from any of our um, our listeners who watched this movie just knowing we were going to do this yeah. <laughs> because um, on the one hand, I'm, I'm just curious. And on the other hand, I'm, I'm a little
1: sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so sorry. So so, so sorry. Um, Tobin. Yes. Let's talk a little bit more about the behind the scenes of this film. Can you give us a little bit of history?
0: Sure. Here are my two bits. The first is that the original director of this movie was Adam Rifkin, who is a Cage Club—I uh, don't know—favorite, but like a, a known Cage Club um, director. He directed Never on Tuesday, a, an early movie of Nicolas Cage's. Uh, so I know that uh, our our um, brothers and sisters on the on the network have talked about Adam Rifkin before. He was replaced mid-production. By David Hogan, who's the credited director on this movie? After the the material that the dailies that Adam Rifkin was turning into the producers were deemed um, not good enough, so I, I I'm so curious. I I uh, I'd love to see just a little bit of what he shot to see. <laughs> if it always maybe it's actually makes much me better.
1: sad when when somebody starts something and then is replaced, and we all know about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and. Yeah. and- Hopefully everyone involved, you know, thinks it's the right choice, but like, that's got to be a little bit rough, eh?
0: I would think so. I, in in his defense, Adam Rifkin has had a, I would say, just looking at credits, a better subsequent sure. career from David Hogan. Like, this is not a bad movie to have your name not on, you know? Right. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, yeah, that's that's tr- um, number one. The other thing is that the co-writer that you mentioned, Eileen Shaken, I think her name... I think I'm saying it right. Eileen Schaken, she went on to an impressive TV writing career. Wrote for The L Word, Empire, and The Handmaid's Tale. She also wrote for uh, Fresh Prince um, prior to prior to this movie. Um, so she's had had a lot of uh, success in in TV. Iceland. Uh, speaking of Eileen Schaken, can you take us through all the millions of ladies who are uh, who have a hand in making barbed wire?
1: Absolutely. Well, uh, the, the two. I'm sure there were. Many, many awesome ladies who had a part in this somewhere. But the two that uh, are in front of me are co-writer Eileen Jacob and actor Pamela Anderson, who is credited at the time as Pamela Anderson Lee. (laughs) Yes. Which is also one of those things that happens, you know, where like uh, you can... uh, you know what time period you're in by how the credits roll? Right. Is it is it a Pamela Anderson, Pamela Anderson Lee? Is it a Courtney Cox, Courtney Cox Arquette? <laughs> right, What are we doing here? Okay, Tobin, golly. What's this movie about?
0: Okay, so in as few words as possible, uh, during the Second American Civil War, a bar-owning, bounty-hunting thief, played by Pamela Anderson then credited as Pamela Anderson Lee, must overcome her studied nihilism when she's drawn back into her past as a resistance fighter in order to help a defecting scientist make it to freedom in Canada. It's basically Casablanca meets Sin City meets the road warrior, if you want to be super generous.
1: Indeed. So so that was my first question to you. (laughs) Yes. At what minute mark did you say Oh my God, it's Casablanca.
0: (laughs) I, I had it pegged at Casablanca probably, I don't know. Is it like, when do we first see the scientist? That's when I, that's when I had it. And then it just kept, kept repeating, you know, like kept, kept compounding that. It's like they found that and then like, okay, let's just keep doing that. Let's do it. Yeah. What about you? When did you figure it out? So
1: I am not as familiar with the classics as you are. So for me, it was at minute 38 uh, when they're in her bar and they are, they sit around the table and have the conversation,
0: Yeah,
1: like basically <laughs> yeah. with the Nazis. Right, right. And then I was like, oh, my God. And then I had, because I was so confused uh, in the first, <laughs> I mean, throughout, but it, particularly in the first third of this movie, I had yeah. read the whole Wikipedia just so that I could understand what was going on. And so I knew how it ended with the getting on the plane and stuff. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So that to me, so once I saw them sitting having the conversation with the guy looks like a Nazi, I was like, yeah. oh! And then you add that, and then I see, I see what they're doing here. This is dystopian future, pleather Casablanca.
0: Right. This is 2017 uh, dystopian future, which I major. also
1: love. I love a uh, a dystopian future that is now in the past.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> so weird. <laughs>
0: When did you realize that this movie was going to be truly terrible? Like
1: <laughs> like
0: perniciously bad.
1: I think when, in the opening credits. Yes. <laughs> when they were hosing her down. Um and I knew I knew there was a she had some sort of uh sh- temper about nicknames mm-hmm. um because I had a, Ye- a couple years ago, listened to a podcast about this movie, but I didn't oh, re-listen yeah. to it because I didn't want to be, you know, stealing jokes or anything. In fact, I have no <laughs> jokes. I'm just sad. But um, <laughs> so I knew there was something, but I didn't remember. It was that she hated being called Babe, uh-huh, uh-huh. which to me is real difficult in that her name is Barb.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: And I'm right. not saying that people should call her what she doesn't want to be called. You and I both have things we, do. we refuse to be called we do and it's important to respect that but what's tough is that it's so close to her name yeah that i feel like there could be a lot of misunderstandings that could end with a stiletto to the forehead
0: <laughs> yes yes
1: uh because of you know just a a small uh, s- difference in sound i don't know it was just oh goodness that was so that's when i knew it would be terrible um That and, and I'm not anti-nipple in any way, but I think the amount of nipple in the first 30 minutes Mm
0: -hmm.
1: was like, okay, I, okay, this is, this is not what I had hoped it was going to be.
0: Right, right, right.
1: But again, not, not, not as a. As a player, anti-nipple, just ratio of like nipple to good writing, maybe. (laughs)
0: Yes, the nipple ratio was off. The nipple
1: ratio was off. Um, And then it also, from the jump, did one of my least favorite things, which is action with your hair down.
0: I, if, you know, I had that thought as I, I'm like, "This is going to drive islam crazy because she never puts her hair up to do all this act." Like even even in the flashback when we see her in her military days, oh my and, goodness! <laughs> which is like, I would love to have been on set seeing that shot. Like that is hysterical as her hair is <laughs> spilling out of her like army helmet and yeah. on the tarmac. Oh my on god! Her,
1: her very clean army helmet.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: like her Halloween costume army right? um yeah i think if you are a bounty hunter you would not want to be so conspicuous i don't know i have a hard yeah. time with her motivations i also don't want to tell her what to do you know i i i appreciate that she's finding her way through this world mm-hmm. um gosh she changes clothes a lot and again, I don't want to tell her what to wear, but it just seems like she really goes through it. It made me wonder if there was a problem. like, And there could have been. I don't think much of what she wore was could breathe. So yeah, is it true, like she true. sweats up every time and then needs to put something else on? They weren't really disguises. <laughs>
0: no, they weren't. There was very clearly her every time. Because <laughs> they yeah. were
1: all pretty much on brand. Yeah. Uh, so that it just it just confused me and i I wanted to I wanted to find it. I wanted to say, tobin, here's why this is subversive in a really interesting way right right And I right. just couldn't get there. I think you know, moments or ideas, but just like whole whole project I could not get there
0: yeah, you, you could see. I could, if I squint, I can see of the version of this movie that is campy, fun, subversive, that, that it takes the, the, it doesn't take itself any more seriously, but maybe it takes the style a little more seriously or, um, this just, I don't, don't think is it. In fact, I think this is a pretty, as I said, sort of pernicious mean spirited movie. Mm-hmm. The moment when I realized this is going to be like, I mean, this is a movie, a movie that's kind of disgusting to me. Was it the opening crawl of the credits telling the backstory as Second American Revolution and like against the congressional fascists, basically, as though Congress could get shit together and become a fascist? Like it's this very, <laughs> it ends up being this very kind of um, libertarian right wing fantasy of there's this last free city in the country. And everything else is sort of run by American Nazis, but those American Nazis are of the a congressional delegation, is what they're called, I guess. Um, and and what's crazy is, and not I don't want to go too deep in the politics of this, but like, first of all, thats it's kind of gross. And second of all, when it gets to the, like, then in this free city, there are customs agents that like right. attack everybody. She has a prostitution license. Like I, I I'm not, I'm not a, being, I'm not trying to, like it's not anti-sex worker here. I'm just saying, if this is a truly free place, would they have a like? It seems to be a lot of bureaucracy for a free, for a <laughs> quote unquote free place. Do you know what I mean?
1: Right. Well, and I didn't under, and I don't need to. Like certainly, I didn't entirely understand. All that. Yeah. Because like you say, it's it's meant to be the place that is not under martial law. And yet. They're raiding the club and there's the Nazis are in the club and. Right. Right. I just I didn't enjoy this. No. At all.
0: No, no.
1: I enjoy I mean, I enjoy her hair.
0: Yeah, tell, me, tell me about that. What do you know about your hair?
1: <laughs> well, one, she changes clothes, and she, like, really, I don't know <laughs> the timeline. Yes. was just baffling. Because <laughs> at, after the first encounter where, yeah, you know, she's hosed down and then is really there to save a kidnapping victim. Uh, but then you see she's got a towel around, you know, she's like... I'm going to dry my hair. And then every other time there was a hair change, you didn't see it like that. Um, but what I what I was nostalgic for when I saw it was it was a very, to me, like signature Pamela Anderson, where it looks dirty. It, it, mm-hmm. it looks like it wants to start to be dreadlocks, but isn't. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: like super, super tousled.
0: Yes. Yes. Right.
1: It's just very much her. And so there is something <laughs> I think nostalgic and like of that era that was a, you know, she was a look in that era. For sure. And, for and sure. I think a look that other people, um, you know, modeled after, what have you, I mean, it was the nineties um, and Baywatch and all that. So Sure. I don't know. It just, it, I was, I, I didn't know I had missed it until I saw it again, (laughs) I suppose. Um, and she, and she is gorgeous. That's not what this is about, but, um, but she is, I, uh, but I did kind of hate all of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 There, there is a, um, nostalgia to her pro, her silhouette, Mm -hmm. uh, and i i mean it honestly like just literally the silhouette that is you know you know that's if you if you were alive at that time you know who that is yes um and i and and you know the movie does take advantage of that in some ways in you know and maybe maybe smartly um you know who i i don't know that i liked him in this movie but i kind of appreciated the register he was performing in her, was, the guy who
1: played her brother
0: Oh, I did. I'm curious. I do want to talk to you about the brother sister relationship since since we have one in this movie. But but Xander Berkeley was the um, uh, who plays uh, Willis, the the policeman, chief of police, right? Who's been on lots of things. I knew most from 24. I guess he was on 24. But he seems to have some idea that the movie around him is like bad. Right. I mean, like bad bad and
1: just like bananas
0: bad like bananas bad and I mean not bananas fun just bananas bad and so yeah. he's kind of kind of just playing it low-key straight through the whole thing and <laughs> i i i kind of i kind of appreciated that
1: yeah i i i, <laughs> I feel like he was he had um committed Mm-mm. But I agree. There was kind of a he knows what this is. And so he wasn't meeting them in a wacky place. But yeah, he right. also wasn't, you know, sometimes I feel like you can see people check their watch to be like, am right. I done here? Right, right, right. And so I yes, I agree. His performance was, was settled in this world.
0: He committed just enough.
1: <laughs> like, yes, I do which is, love again, it. Again, I appreciate
0: that. Like, commit to the level of the thing that's going on here. And then of course there's Clint Howard who shows up in these kinds of movies yes. um, with some regularity and you could like pluck him out of this and put him in the Grinch movie like pretty easily Yeah, and it would be kind of the same the same thing. But yeah, so the brother the brother sister relationship. What'd you make of this of this central uh, brother sister relationship? I'm just... Oh
1: god. I mean, I get why that actor was hired because he has the same lips that she does and
0: the same
1: hair (laughs) and the same hair although his looks cleaner yeah yeah um i did not get after his first scene the the his uh eye issue Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and in fact i thought why why is he still talking to that woman she walked away and so i don't know if that was supposed to be that right or if I don't even know, but I did enjoy watching him look through the glasses when they they didn't do the full makeup.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Sure, sure. Sure. Um,
1: so I was I was distracted by continuity as I often am. Um and yeah, it's it's not my favorite sibling relationship I've ever seen. <laughs> now, what do you think, Toby? No,
0: I mean obviously. Look, we are. This is like <laughs> there is nothing good here. Okay, no. like there is nothing good. But I like that the um sh- the person she seemed closest to in the movie was her brother. Sure. And for a movie that is built on a quote unquote sex symbol person, mm-hmm. and 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 in and one that sort of whose persona trades in that on and off screen, you know, screen that that is the scent is not central relationship, but that, that is a very, very strong relationship in the movie. I thought, okay, that, that's like, I applaud that choice uh, in a, you know, better executed, better acted. It would be, you know, I, I would really clap, but I'm just silently in my head. applauding. Sure. That idea. Well,
1: and I also just didn't like him. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I think that for me just made it like, right. Right. I don't yep. know. This was terrible. Um, it reminded me of something. No, and now I'm going to need to look it up. Uh, um, there's a. This reminded me of a book only because of the trying to get to Canada. Uh-huh. Um, and so I kept thinking of the book and how I had painted a beautiful world. And not, I mean, it's dystopian, but a, a beautiful picture of this world in my mind. Uh-huh. The book is called When She Woke. And it's hmm. about a uh, it's a dystopian future in which criminals have their skin dyed a color that fits their crime. Oh, interesting! So, like, yellow is lower level, orange, then red is murder.
0: Huh?
1: And the main character, uh, we start um, in I don't know prison something with her when she woke <laughs> after the procedure, <laughs> uh-huh. um, and because she had had an abortion she is dyed red as a murderer oh, wow. and then it's all what what do you do after that because you're you know it's like scarlet letter but you're yeah
0: your whole right. self
1: right um and and so there's a trying to get to another place and trying to pass and kind of things that again not related to this movie but i was just <laughs> racking my brain to find something that i appreciated and so uh you know, I would encourage people to check out When She Woke because, you know, it was better than this movie. Um, <laughs> I would. I to thought check. for, I thought, and I'm sure I said because I read it a long time ago that it's something that I feel like Tobin should make. Mm. I think he would make a good, a good movie out of that book.
0: That sounds good. Uh, <laughs> the the um, I would encourage people to go watch Casablanca. <laughs> 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 when you're done <laughs> when you're done reading the book check out casablanca and, uh, yes absolutely and well, well
1: and, and while we're talking because i love a dystopian what have you what are if if you wanted to see a, a trash can fire but an enjoyable one what yeah. what kind of dystopian uh future movie would you recommend tobin
0: oh geez okay uh trashy just dy- do you have one in mind
1: Well, I mean, as you know, I had the Hunger Games fever for a pretty long time. Oh, sure. We
0: all Uh,
1: And uh, full disclosure, have not seen the final two. I
0: haven't seen the last one.
1: (laughs) Okay. Um, But I think the first one, if you wanted an interesting, um, what I liked about the book and the movie is I think it gave you enough to make it a three-dimensional world, but you could also go on. you know, imagination adventures for kind of the ins and outs of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I also really enjoyed how then the second one, like turned some of that on its ear a little bit of like what we, what we were meant to understand from Katniss's point of view from Mm -hmm. the first book. Then when Mm -hmm. she learns more in the second book, we then have to reorient kind of how we feel about the whole thing. Right. Right. And so um, that I found pretty successful. (laughs)
0: Um, the one that comes to mind, it's not, it's not actually not trashy, but, um, the one that comes to mind right now, cause I just showed it in class a few weeks ago is Children of Men. Have you ever seen Children of
1: Men? It's one of my favorite movies, Tobin. Oh, it's on it my really? top five. Oh, yes.
0: really? Oh my God. Oh, that's I great. I
1: effing love that movie. Why, are, why aren't people talking about it why more? Why aren't people talking about this
0: movie? I don't know. I don't Julie know.
1: Julianne Moore is... I mean, I was almost yeah. her character for Halloween once.
0: Oh my god, I love it! I love it.
1: <laughs> it's so good, and I yeah, we we. I don't want to spoil anything, but I also love how people are um, complex and interesting and have faults. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in kind of all all levels of of that. Oh yeah, I love that movie. It's, that's so great.
0: And my, so many students had not ever seen it, and so it was really cool to show. Them, you know, and it feels it continues to feel more and more relevant. I mean, the you know no. the 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 refugees in cages, and I mean it's you know sadly it's it's even more sort of relevant today. Okay, I've got one. I've got one. I've got a kind of cheesy one. Yes, from, please. From from the next year, from 1997, I would send people to Gattaca.
1: Ooh, uh, you've had a soft spot for that. For I have a soft
0: spot for Gattaca. Yes, I Jude. This is Jude Law, Ethan Hawk, Uma Thurman um forgetting somebody else I think is in it uh and um yeah it's I'm sure it's not great um but it made a real impression on me at the time (laughs) in in ways that I uh yeah yeah so anyway I would check that one out you know okay so um back to this movie uh well only sort of just to bounce off it again so the actor who plays Axel who's kind of her old flame who is a resistance person yes uh so that actor in the same year made uh, the Island of Dr. Moreau. Oh, good. Which is another truly, truly terrible movie. Which I am trying to get our friends at uh, Real Bad Pod to do. I'd love to, to talk about the Island of Dr. Moreau. But he then went on to a real career in. in uh, well, uh, he's he's an actor. Act, you know, he's an uh, in person actor as well. He's an Aquaman, but he's a voice actor too. And he was Chief Tui in Moana. <sighs>
1: Really? Yes. <laughs> which is
0: <laughs> which I is know. the part I am always cast in whenever my kids are playing or singing Moana. I get cast as Chief Tui, who has like four lines, you know. Uh but anyway. Sure.
1: Are you did you want a, a stronger role to be able to really exercise your chops is that are you petitioning here for a?
0: yes when my kids finally listen, listen to this Sunday. uh <laughs> i wish i got to play somebody else <laughs> <laughs> oh boy oh
1: boy indeed
0: yeah there's not there's not even much fun in this movie like there's not no, even
1: but i have another uh post-apocalyptic movie oh, for yeah, you oh yeah
0: please good good
1: Very, I mean, very trashy. Doesn't make sense, but I would watch it again and again. And that is 1990s Prayer of the Roller Boys.
0: I don't know this movie.
1: Natalie Donovan, hero to us all, uh, introduced me to this. And uh, it's Corey Haim, which is my preferred Corey. Um, And just the one sentence when I Google it is an undercover teen, Corey Haim, of the dismal future joins a cult of roller skaters who push a drug called mist. And they Ooh. do, wow. um, but yeah, all it's just trench coats and, and roller skates. I like, <laughs> it's, it's worth the trailer. You just check out the trailer. I have, I keep suggesting it for how did this get made? I feel like this is a, oh yeah, this would be an ideal one for them. Um, but also real bad, uh, could enjoy it, but it's a, it is a, it is a future where I would not survive because I am terrible at roller skating.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I would be out too.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, the year before barbed wire came out, uh, Terry Gilliam's 12 monkeys uh, <gasps> was, was that released.
1: Bizarre. Let's let's marinate with that for a minute. Okay. Okay. 12 monkeys. Yes. The, Brad Pitt's Oh, he's pretty, but he can act moment. Right. Right. I mean, I think other people knew that, but I think for a, Kind of consumer audience that was. Chris Willis. That was a
0: career thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: Is it Madeline Stowe? It
0: is very
1: good. Came out a year before this piece of trash.
0: Yes, came out the year before this piece of trash.
1: That is weird to me. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So strange.
0: And that's not a trashy movie. That's no. I think that's a really great movie. But it is a it is a, a post apocalyptic movie like. At from this same era.
1: I, uh, I'm a little bit um, lost for words with that. <laughs>
0: oh God.
1: Do, yeah, do, I, you go ahead. Right.
0: Do you think the anti-Semitism in this movie was on purpose or by accident? <laughs>
1: Yeah. See, this movie just makes you feel yucky.
0: It really does. It's really it is really not a good movie. No, mm. like actively bad, yeah. bad for you
1: movie. Yes, yeah, so this movie is bad for you.
0: <laughs> Don't watch this movie. Don't
1: watch this movie. You know what's funny is that it. It came up. Um, you could
0: buy it on on like the Amazon digital service last week it came up for 4.99 which is almost the rental price and usually when that happens I will buy a thing just because it was 3.99 to rent and I never want to watch it again and this time I was like I'm going to see if it's on YouTube can I watch this for free on YouTube and it wasn't so but I just rented it and I'm so glad I did because I would not want this on my conscience or my credit card or my you know my kids scrolling through what we have on on Amazon Instant coming across barbed wire
1: yeah and with the you know with the beautiful hair I could see at least <laughs> yes, one of your right. children wanting to watch it because of the hair and, and what right. looks like, a you know, the top of a corset of a gown, but is really right. just a catsuit. <laughs> I, I could right. see some accidental going to kindergarten saying they watch Barbed Wire.
0: <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: Right. It has a weird like it, it, it almost could have been because there's this other like, OK, it's the future. But it looks like there's a bunch of Dick Tracy extras in it.
0: Yes, right. And yeah. so
1: then that made me think, like, okay, they could have gone that way. And huh? it could right. have been, like, because it's based on a comic book. It is. It could have gone comic booky, like you said, it's, you know, sincere. But I'm thinking more campy like Little Shop of Horrors. Mm-hmm. Sure. Where clearly the stoops are facades and they're not actually buildings. and right. Right. You know, they could have, I don't know, I, I guess I'm not even going to make an argument for it to be saved because I, I don't think it should be, but I they just, it's just bad.
0: Yeah, if it was de- a de- like deliberately artificial, it's clear we're looking at sets and yes. over-the-top costumes and, and yeah, I, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, the, you know, so I found one more post-apocalyptic movie that okay. um, I really want to watch with you again sometime. Um, uh, Reign of Fire shows up on the pop <gasps> post apocalyptic. Use list. it, yes, use it. Matthew McConaughey, Christian Bale, and I'm reading here Gerard Butler, who I wouldn't have known at the time. Uh, dragons and dragons shit. and uh, in the
1: tunnels and the, <laughs> yes. oh, the community garden,
0: which I wonder if is a like so bad it's fun movie. Sure. To, to rewatch, as opposed to this movie, which is so bad, it's bad.
1: It would be worth a try. I think it, it was wrong at the time, but at the time, yeah. I was all in for Christian Bale, so I was I was soaking up every minute. Um,
0: it's you know. kind of the last time those two actors would do that kind of movie. I think two thousand and two, mm-hmm. and they both you know go the more kind of um, like uh, awards route. I was going to say Oscar this. bait. Yeah. Yeah. So it's sort of a turning
1: point.
0: <laughs> I would I would say maybe. Uh, yeah, we should
1: just have an um all dragon movie festival. <laughs> yes. It is only
0: a, an hour and 41 minutes.
1: Okay, well maybe it just felt long at the <laughs> it's time. It's
0: under 2. I think because
1: yeah. it was like this movie. I'm bringing it back to this stupid okay, movie. good.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's so much in the dark that it felt very long to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is yeah. a different.
1: So Children of Men it is is still futuristic and post-apocalyptic but it's not always night right and so i think right. that adds literal color but like adds to the you know tableau of the film yep yep agreed okay i have nothing else no uh,
0: uh the only thing i also have for this movie is this <laughs> I knew I downloaded that for a reason. Oh, my God.
1: It is so bad. So bad.
0: Do you even have a game for
1: this movie? I mean, (laughs) I do because it's my job.
0: Yeah.
1: So here's what I did. I did not want a game about her clothes or her nipples or her hair. Um, All things that I have pointed out. In, in this podcast yes,
0: yes.
1: <laughs> um so clearly you know where my head was at with the whole thing but um but i did you know uh this is a character that i wanted to like uh-huh. and i wanted to root for and i ha- had difficult time doing that so then i thought well maybe it's that barb doesn't belong in this world
0: mm. maybe
1: barb belongs somewhere else so mm-hmm. I have okay, a couple okay. of options for you based okay. on other films we've done. I love it. I
0: and love I would it. like okay. you to
1: tell me in each of the pairings, which one, where does Barb belong? Where could Barb have been helpful, useful, or, or happier? <laughs> okay. Who knows, right? Just yeah, let right, me know. Sure. So we have five pair here of where does Barb belong. Okay. Okay. Number one, The Babadook or Revenge? Where does Barb belong?
0: Oh, uh, in revenge for sure. For sure. She feels like that's they feel like uh like related those two.
1: Absolutely. I could see that for sure. Um I could also see her fighting the monster in the Right Re- like
0: reluctantly. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But
1: I yeah, I think um yes, this if if she <laughs> if she were out in the desert, with revenge, it would have taken on a very Mad Max kind of looking.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Aesthetic.
1: Uh, She could have helped out and, and then maybe, well, I don't know what would have happened, but yeah, I think she, I think she would belong there. At least she would, she would be outside. It would be daytime.
0: I love the idea of her just riding a motorcycle into that movie and out of that movie. Yes, exactly. Yeah,
1: exactly. Just dropping off like a canteen of water or something. (laughs) Right. Right. Or a hair tie, but Oh, she doesn't have any. (laughs) <laughs> That's what they
0: can't get in the free city is uh,
1: <laughs> no scrunchies. <laughs> no scrunchies. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. I saw one in the bar. Very oh, clearly. God. Okay. Um, okay. Um, next up. Zero Dark 30 or the contender. <laughs>
0: Where does Bart oh, belong? Oh god, oh god. Um uh I guess you put it I guess I would put her in um in, in Zero Dark Thirty, when the helicopter goes down, she then has to, go, like, they send her in as, like, the second wave.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah. What See,
0: about you? I, where, where I you?
1: pictured her in one of the meetings where it's Jessica Chastain and a bunch of men. Uh-huh. Then it would just be the very <laughs> corner, Barb with, like, her feet up. On the desk. Yes, yes. Leaning back, maybe with glasses, kind of, you know, in her mouth. Like, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. What about? What if we think of it in a different way?
0: What if she takes out Bin Laden by throwing her stiletto? Like, the <gasps> guy <who's giving> us <gasps> yes, yeah. that
1: would have been good too. <laughs> okay, uh, so all the previous ones are sort of on their own. Let's let's think of it in a team context. Okay whip it or a league of their own where does barb belong
0: <laughs> oh, oh god whip it i'd put her in whip it like put her on my team and whip it for sure <laughs> what about you
1: yeah i think that's the it it's the stronger answer just because she shows a you know a skill for that um kind of ruthlessness
0: and she comes with her own persona
1: absolutely yes she does um I would love to see her in a league of their own like fighting with Tom Hanks
0: oh my god she would destroy him <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I also think they wouldn't know quite what to do with her so I think Whippet right. is that she would probably have more fun um and and likely her skills would be used well Very in, used, yeah, yeah. in the Whippet land okay um going back to a little bit of kind of some some lost souls uh where does Barb belong in leggies or waitress
0: <laughs> oh my god oh, okay 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 um uh, i would put her in leggies and she would she would she would maybe it'd have her give like the um get your shit together speech to oh, okay. um, to her in leggies what about you
1: that would be good. I just would love to see her as a a really hostile waitress at the pie diner. Oh yes, yes. Like don't call me babe yes. in a southern pie diner?
0: Yes, yes. That's great. Good that call. That would be
1: That would be a bloodbath. <laughs> and then finally, let's turn that whimsy dial up. Where does Barb belong? In Frozen or Hocus Pocus?
0: Oh, oh, God. I, I can't do it to Frozen. I have to put her in Hocus Pocus. <laughs> um, And I will tell you that I would watch Hocus Pocus many times before I watch this movie. Again.
1: <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, that's a good yeah. point. That could have been the other game. What would you watch more?
0: What would, what would you rather?
1: <laughs> I would watch Aliens again before I would watch wow. this.
0: Wow. Yes. Okay, there we go, folks. That really... That uh, says it all, right there.
1: Really, it really does. I agree. I don't want to do that to Frozen, but again, I would love to see the reindeer trying to figure out her cat suit.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right?
1: or or a conversation between Olaf and Barb.
0: <laughs> oh, now that's true. The, the buddy comedy spinoff, Barb and Olaf.
1: <laughs> Olaf and Adventure.
0: Barb. Yeah, Olaf and Barb, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, goodness. So that's as close to a game as I could get, folks. That's a great game. That's Sweet. a great game. If, uh, if listeners have strong feelings, hot takes on where Barb belongs in our catalog of programs, please uh, tell us on Twitter at uh, ContendersPod.
0: We have – we. it's not part of our thing here, but I imagine – every time you were saying that, I was imagining Barb in um, uh, Stranger Things. I don't know if you watch Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. But, I was just
1: going to say, yes, Justice for Barb. Mm-hmm. So you could imagine
0: this Barb being that Barb, just <gasps> like – Oh, See what, what if we if we have do.
1: fans who are good at that kind of thing, can we make a Justice for Barb video, but it's barbed wire instead? <laughs> oh, yes, please, please. That would oh. be fun. Amazing. All right, Tobe, we have come to the end here. Thank God. Thank, thankfully, it's time to give your closing thoughts. Is this movie progressive or regressive? Is this movie a step forward or a step back for fearless <laughs> women in front of and behind the camera, Tobin?
0: Oh, this is this does no one any good. Uh, men, women, like nobody, nobody, but especially, especially women. I'm going to say, I'm going to say no. What about you?
1: Yes, I, I would agree. I there are themes I would pluck from this to put in something that would be progressive. Um, you know, she plays by her own rules. She's a business owner. She has command yeah, over her sexuality. They're either absolutely yeah. things,
0: yeah, true. Uh,
1: but the rest of the world of the movie doesn't allow for that kind of narrative to be the, the main one. And then you've got the weird naked lady torture that was completely unnecessary mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yes pretty early on. And and then just all the ways that that Pamela Anderson, though also powerful, is objectified throughout the movie. And I, I think there are moments where, yes, she is using that to her advantage, but there are other times where it is just the movie objectifying her. Mm-hmm. And so, um, unfortunately, as a whole, I'm going to have to say, no, this is regressive and terrible.
0: Yep, it's true. It's true. Uh, okay, so to cleanse our palate from barbed wire, uh, our next movie, we're going to watch the Netflix Jennifer Aniston movie Dumplin' on uh, May 28th. It was when that episode comes out. Come back on May 28th, and uh, in between now and then, check out Dumplin' on Netflix. Now, you've seen Dumplin', right? I
1: think that's a – y'all come back now. Oh, okay,
0: right. May 28th. Uh, damn it. Yeah, I like that better. <laughs> Should, it should have been your line. Yeah. Y'all come back now. May 28th for some Dublin.
1: Yes. Absolutely. Good. Nice. Nice work. Yes. I have seen it as a, as a Dolly Parton. Oh yeah. Fan. Yeah. I, I did. I did watch that. I can it again to. for this program. I'm-
0: I'm, ex- I'm excited. Iceland. <laughs> uh, yes. uh, tell us where people can find you and tell us about the most recent episode of your other show.
1: I would love to. Thank you. So folks can find me at SassyNerdMT on Twitter. And right now, it just dropped recently, um, the newest episode of my podcast, Why Aren't We All, with special guest host Tobin Addington.
0: Oh, shucks.
1: We flipped the script, and Tobin <laughs> interviews me about uh, one way I think we could make the world a better place. And my argument is, if we all watched Bravo.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was a really fun conversation. And if it, you haven't it, got enough of the two of us talking on this show, you can check us out on Aislinn's other show.
1: <laughs> it, it was super fun. As I was editing it, I was like, oh, this is great. And then I got toward the end, and I was like, oh, Island, stop talking about Bravo. But... On the whole, I think it's entertaining, and it's That's, only a half hour long.
0: So, I was say it's a way to sell your show. There,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just want to give, give people permission. If they're done, they can go. You know, okay. I don't take it personal. Uh, but please it. check it out. It was so much fun to do, and uh, yeah, we're a, we're a darn delight. <laughs> um, Tobin, other than on my other podcast, where can people find you?
0: can find me on twitter at tobin addington and you can find us on twitter at contenders underscore pod or on patreon at thecontenderspod.com special thanks to our members who've joined at the marquee level or above sean flynn and jeff addington become a member today connect with other listeners and support our show
1: we here at the contenders are proud members of the cage club podcast network you can explore all their great shows at cageclub.me and you can keep tabs on all the Cage Club happenings on Twitter, at Cage Club Pod. As always, thank you so much for listening. And one more time, I am sorry. <laughs> I'm Islin' Addington.
0: I am Tobin' Addington, And we'll see you next time on The Contenders. Holy shit!
1: I have made uh, such an error. <laughs> and for that, I do apologize.
0: Um, I'm gonna pick something in the future, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we will we will compare, I suppose. <laughs>